0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome. This is Twist Gaming, where you get to play board games with us. Uh, we are doing the Great Game Hunters podcast this evening, where we go through the ins and outs of Kingdom Death and discuss uh, strategies, different builds, and the lore behind the different monsters. But first up, let's get some introductions uh, down. Uh, I'm Matt, and I'm joined here with uh, Josh and Fenn. So, gentlemen, if you could say hello. Hello. I'm Josh. <laughs> and I'm Finn. I thought you were on Young for a second there.
1: No, no.
0: All right. So a brief recap. What did we talk about last time on the Great Game Hunters podcast?
2: Uh, Fenn and I talked about 1.5. It was a little intro to uh, 1.5. And everyone that's new to the game, no like, spoiler-free intro, how to how to start up and how to do everything. Um, anything else you want to add to that, Fenn?
1: Um. Yeah, well, it was a spoiler-free run-through for most of the episode, and then a little bit of a dip into some basic kind of strategies and answering a few questions towards the end of it. Uh, that was, um, yeah, it was It was sort of to give those people who've just picked up the game uh, an episode they can listen to without worrying about having stuff spoilered uh, in advance, and also just to help some of the people with basic things on the assembly front, because I know there's quite a few board gamers who've come to play kingdom death and suddenly be like hang on a minute these are pretty like daunting models to put together
0: so yeah all right i'm sorry i had to miss that one but uh so let's get uh into the meat and potatoes if you will of what we're gonna be talking about this evening so correct me if i'm wrong gentlemen but we're gonna be discussing the manhunter expansion today
2: you mean the undertaker
0: yes the the uh unlicensed undertaker there so uh, you mean you mean the good the bad and the ugly all right so uh we are talking about the manhunter this evening uh where are we starting out gentlemen well where else would you
1: start out but with his introduction i mean you can't have a man like this turn up without understanding how he got into the ring in the first place
0: cue ring music
1: well, you know all about
0: that. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. That promo video isn't in the recording. <laughs> all right, so who wants to go over the first story for with us? The Hanged Man. Uh, Fen, if you could take that, I don't have that open in front of me.
1: Uh, okay, all right. So uh, The Hanged Man, um, uh, essentially, I'm not going to read it verbatim. I'm going to go through it and. At- Particularly, so we can look at the events that happen. But uh, uh, effectively, this occurs in uh, Lantern Year Five, and um, yeah, there is. Uh, there's suddenly a, a mutilated body from, I assume, because there's no population loss from some survivor from elsewhere, hanging up in the uh, in the middle of the settlement, missing most of his limbs, and with it all just hanging out, and that's. Uh, Wonderful. I appreciate the glare there, Josh. That's wonderful. We can't quite see what's going on. Uh, this is such a terrifying event. All survivors, every single one in the settlement has their survival dropped to zero. Um, then we have the manhunt to make his appearance. Uh, he's like, well, big and tall, deep eyes, black. He's holding a lantern with a distorted face that emits a piercing light uh, and the deep reverberation uh, that uh, folds in your brain. And he, uh, he walks up, and the survivors try and call out in, uh, <laughs> in fright, but they can't speak. And the only thing that can be heard is the, light, is the uh, strange sounds that are emanating from this lantern. Um, anyone who's outside of the light doesn't even notice the Manhunter. So clearly this is how Manhunters travel across the, the, the world. These lanterns protect them. Um, they're effectively very hard to, or impossible to spot from elsewhere. Um then within this uh pocket of light um one of the survivors, who is like the focus of this story, um kind of well, he snaps or she snaps. They uh they get a deranged expression and uh they stand limp, staring blankly at the ground. Um and then um the, the manhunter sort of stops in front of this this deranged survivor and then that survivor just starts laughing and um find something terrible and deep within themselves and forever changed. Their expression is forever changed. So uh they this deranged survive against the Abyssal Sadist fighting art, which is like freaking excellent, and I think we should talk about it right after we finish this. And uh and then immediately you have a special showdown against the against the Manhunter. Uh and also you'll add the Manhunter to the Lantern years ten, sixteen and twenty two. So the Manhunter is unusual in that you fight it as a level 1, a level 2, a level 3, and a level 4. Normally, level 4 monsters are legendaries, but the, this one, the Manhunter isn't. He'll he'll turn up four times. So uh, it's um, thematically quite a cool kind of uh, occurrence, sort of him turning up basically out of nowhere, and with the only people aware of him are those within the lantern light, the reverberating lantern which very nicely explains uh, how the Lantern itself works, how the Manhunters travel across. Uh, and uh, it is, it's is—it's pretty damn cool. And I mean, Abyssal Sadist, I think it's fair to say the gains from this particular timeline event are better than maybe any other monster turning up, except for maybe the Dragon King. It's phenomenally good. So do, does one of you have Abyssal Sadist at hand? I don't have it in front of me, but it's
2: whenever you... Attack, you gain a survival, right? I think it's wound
1: each time you attack. When you wound, yeah, when, I do actually. I, once I turn attack, when you wound, you get a survival. Yeah, right. yeah, it's it's a phenomenally powerful ability, especially when combined with raw hides. So, like you know, because you are generating a lot of survival, raw hide um, will let you spend that survival and keep a hold of it for surging and going round. But I mean, it, to be honest, it kind of gives you an offensive raw hide for any armor set. It's a superb ability, and if you tie that with Thrill Seeker, you get double survival. Yeah, here we are. Uh, the first time you wound a monster, each attack you gain one survival and one insanity. Also, you get to ignore the effects of Fear of the Dark and the Prey Disorder. Um, I mean, we know how bad Fear of the Dark is; it causes permanent retirement until you get rid of it. So, being able to ignore it is is immense. It's just fantastic. Um, question: If you
2: pair that with Blood Paint, does that mean you get two survival every time you attack? Because it's two attacks with Blood
1: Paint. Um yeah I mean it is two separate attacks.
0: that's interesting. We never really uh looked into that much because we don't run blood paint too often in our campaigns that we stream uh but that's even more of a reason to hey that's that's awesome Abyssal sadist
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's really really good um it's good. yeah it's uh it's 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 fantastic I think it is one of the top ten or at least top twenty fighting arts in the game.
0: I mean just the fact that you never really have to want for survival is uh, pretty damn handy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um right, well I mean that's that's how the man had the kind of it, is introduced and it's I think it's a really good int- introduction. It kinda of sums up where he turns up, how he gets there, it kind of um it provides you with already a bit of kind of a character, with him like carrying well, literally setting up a dismembered corpse before arriving. And uh it's a uh, It's it's really really cool. It's it's just good. I mean, I I don't know what else to say. This is like so. You know, some people say uh, they're not keen on how the butcher kind of just turns up out of nowhere. Um, I do actually like that, but I don't think anyone could complain with this introduction to the manhunter.
0: Okay, it is very thematic, and I uh, I do appreciate that. So moving forward, uh, what else are we going to oh, – he, he comes into the settlement. We go and we fight him. So uh, there's this is a nemesis encounter. There's no yep. uh, hunt. But we are going to get stuff that's going to add to the uh, standard hunt events later on as uh, an option for the manhunter, yeah. correct? Yeah, indeed, yeah. So, do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to jump uh, somewhere else into the the time frame?
1: I think we just we we should just go straight into the show and, and talk about um, the man hunter himself and his AI and the like. Because um, I mean, this is a nemesis monster. They don't uh, they don't do that much in in the hunt section. Most nemesis monsters don't interact with the hunt too much. Is there um, any more lore about the man hunter that we know? from well, outside the story, there's, there's a little bit on. On, I mean, well, we, we have Zenith in the chat, so if he wants to chip in with anything that he feels he can disclose. But um, we have the text from the showdown page, which is, it came from a distant golden city. It came hunting to serve some horrifying purpose. It came without remorse. It came without mercy. And without explanation, it came for you. And even have, like, on the other page for the showdown image is the, um, the Manhunter doing that Uncle Sam pointing pose. Yeah. So, um, it's pretty damn fantastic. Uh, well, the other sort of thing we have, clue wise, is the fact that we know from the law on the shop that some manhunters tame white lions. Um, and also, uh, the, if you look at the manhunter's pistol on the model, it has a white lion's head on it, which is Death Pact, is the name of his pistol. You have no idea what you can disclose. Well, that's a shame. I mean, well, we've been talking about this on the Discord a bit, and there's some people going back and forth. Um, yeah, he did write that. Yeah, uh, so some people are going back and forth um, on what, what the Golden City is. Um, it feels to me, from the information I've seen, that the, this that the Manhunters come from the Holy Lands, but some people are saying, did they come from the Great City? You know, which we're, we're not really sure which one. I mean, uh, for me, thematically, they feel more like. Uh, Manhunters feel more like they're from the Holy Lands, um, given the style and the way they look. Um, But I have seen others disagree. So outside of that, a lot of what we know about the Manhunter kind of just comes from the way he behaves in the showdown um, and the gear he carries.
0: And a lot of the stuff that he carries is actually fairly unique to uh, Kingdom Death in and of itself. So it makes it a little bit more interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, jumping into the showdown, then, uh, uh, as you can see in the actual book itself, uh, as Sven was saying earlier, there are four levels to the Manhunter, as opposed to the standard three that you get from most monsters, where the fourth is uh, a legendary encounter. Yeah. Um. The you want to talk about the uh, Manhunter's basic action then? Yeah. So, um.
1: Well, I think we should just quickly run through the the, the levels, the stats. And then we can talk about the um, the cards, because actually the Manhunter doesn't get a lot of additional cards um, beyond level two. So it's sort of, it is kind of, uh, at least trait-wise, you know what you're dealing with. Um, So the first level one Manhunter is statistically like a white lion, like an antelope. He's got seven basic cards, three advanced cards, a total of 11 wounds, six movement, eight toughness. But uh, he has a total of four traits that we will go through um, after we've looked at all this and looked at the, the basic action. And these are the gun action, the tombstone, which you're going to get very familiar with if you fight a Manhunter, the gritty arm- armament, armament, uh, gritty weaponry, and the short stride. Um, when he gets to the level two Manhunter, he, uh, he has seven basic still. He gets six advanced Um, But his movement goes up to 7, his toughness jumps up to 11, he gets an extra speed, an extra damage, and the short stride changes to a full stride. Uh, At level 3, he has now 8 basic actions, basic AI cards, 7 advanced AI cards, a legendary, 8 movement, still 11 toughness, and still just 1 plus 1 speed and plus 1 damage. So you can see the step from 2 to 3 makes him a bit more durable and a bit faster, and adds that legendary action in but doesn't overall make him statistically much tougher. The cards are still as hard as they are when you fight the level 2. And then finally, the level 4, he gets everything whacked in there. He gets 8 basics, 8 advances, 2 legendaries. His movement's now 9, his toughness is 13. He gets plus 2 speed, plus 2 damage, and plus 2 accuracy, which Zenith, good job putting extra accuracy on him at level 4, because it really is needed. Um, But again, he still uses the level 2 cards um his instinct is particularly interesting he fires around into the air from his gun making a deafening boom and all non-deaf survivors suffer monster level brain damage and it ends his turn so if you basically try and duck and hide and um, kite and the like and you don't provide targets for him eventually he's going to cause a lot of brain damage and uh, cause uh brain trauma. By firing an incredibly loud pistol that obviously scares the heck out of the survivors. <sighs> now, the other part is his basic action, which is um, it's pretty cool. His basic action: he targets the survivor with the most bleeding tokens in range, or failing that, he goes for the closest survivor regardless of range. Or failing, that he has no target. He'll do his impatience, and uh, of course, he is uh, one of the few monsters who clearly speaks because it's right there on the basic action card. He says, "You're not taking me down." Does anyone have a have a great wrestler impression they could do for that, or a cowboy? I'm, I'm from the wrong
0: country. You're not taking me down, Pilgrim.
1: <laughs> there we go. Um, it's a three-speed attack, plus two accuracy and two damage apiece. This is like a really heavy hitting basic action. Um, although, from my experience, he doesn't hammer out his basic action too often, uh, unless you're slapping him with um, stuff like the skull cap hammer which I wouldn't recommend. So from there, we should uh, really talk about the traits because these are the things that make the manhunter, um, so unique, uh, and to kind of give you the, the idea of the moment you start facing him as to, uh, what you're dealing with and how he is going to behave. Uh, right. So first up we have the gun action. Do you, somebody have that they can read out?
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so the, you got, I can yeah. see it on there. So, uh, Gun action there is a trait. Uh, so target's doomed, so you're not going to be able to spend any of your survival there. And that's before any flow. So then you have the flow step. Uh, turn to face target. If target is not in field of view, perform impatience. So that's the it's uh, it's based it's instinct there. Uh, another flow. And then it's going to do a ranged attack on the target. Uh, so the ranged attack is a speed of 1, 2 plus accuracy, 2 damage. And the blast leaves a painful ringing in the ears of all non-deaf survivors within four spaces of the manhunter. Uh, You're going to suffer monster-level brain damage.
1: Yeah. So, this is, like, I think, thematically really great. Target doomed, obviously. This is a bullet coming at them, so you can't dodge bullets. You could, you know, if you're fortunate, they don't hit you or you happen to be behind cover, but bullets travel too fast. Obviously, it's more of a pistol shot, but still. Um, I like that. uh, if he's picked a target that he's not in view, he'll still fire in the air and deal that brain damage. Um, and apart from that, it's just a low speed um, but highly damaging attack. Uh, yeah, they're asking if it's infinite range. It's Yeah, it's, it's infinite range. There's no range on this. Doesn't matter how far away you are, he will shoot you from one corner to the other. I mean, you know, given that there is no range on this, I, I guess if you happen to be out of the settlement hunting a Sunstalker, he could still shoot you. There's no game. You can run, you can hide, but you can't escape his bullets, his pistol shot. The main thing about this I like is that even though it's low speed, you're doomed, so you're not dodging this. The fact that it's a one-speed attack is... Um, it's, it's okay, because often when fighting monsters, you want to keep those one-speed actions going and happening. This one, it sucks. You know, you, if you ain't got a shield up, a block up already or or, you know... A deflect, um, forget about it.
2: One thing I want to point out is in the setup for the showdown, there is a lot of stone columns surrounding him. Yeah, so there, there is, is a lot of ducking coverage areas you can do at the beginning of the showdown. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, although it was always worth remembering that uh, stone columns are um, destructible terrain. That's yeah. why I said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Mid fight, it's pretty much all god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it can be uh, right. So his next trait is the tombstone, which um, gives away very strongly one of uh, the influences of this character, as if his uh, actual physical appearance didn't already. And uh, this this trait basically, uh, well,
0: happened. it's it's the good old fashioned wrestling move from the uh, the Undertaker. Yeah. So it's uh trade card there attack all adjacent threats in facing so every adjacent threat uh and that's going to be one speed of four plus accuracy for three damage and then after damage bash the target's knocked down no yeah. it says facing so
2: it's only the ones adjacent in front of him if you're on the side or behind him he's not doing this
1: yeah so it's, ah, it's a maximum okay. of two uh which is indicated by the picture which has two poor unfortunate souls being slammed into the ground I have to say,
2: Manhunter is one of the most fun expansions with little art on the AI cards uh, that many of the other expansions don't have quite as much. Well, Spidiculous had some fun art too, but it did. Um, so it's one of the few uh, expansions that have a lot more art on the cards. Yeah, it does. Uh,
1: then we have the next trait is the gritty armament.
0: All right, so the gritty armament there is at the start of the showdown, remove all mangled groin, stake, and man trap cards from the hit location deck. So you're actually taking cards out of the hit location deck there. Uh, If the manhunter is level three plus, shuffle the four stake hit locations into the hit location deck. Uh, In addition, if the manhunter is level four plus, hidden traps lie underfoot. Shuffle three man trap hit location cards to the hit location deck. So as the monster goes up in level, he's going to get uh, these additional hit location cards that are added in that are traps that are going to screw you over when you hit those.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're all particularly nasty. They're all very flavorful. Uh, we'll be talking about those when we talk about the hit location deck. Yeah. So essentially, this one um, is just kind of like a bit of reminder text to let you know how to um, treat the manhunters and how different the level three and level four manhunters are going to be compared to the level 1 and level 2. Uh, then we have the strides. So first up, we've got the short stride, which only the level 1 Manhunter has. And this is kind of like a, a little sort of indicator of, um, like, hey, this is going to be happening. You can, uh, you can run away to avoid it this time, but uh, not in the future.
0: And I like that it's a, a close-up of the spurred cowboy boots there. But the uh, short stride is, at the beginning of the monster's turn, move the Manhunter three spaces towards the closest threat and turn to face. So it's very reminiscent of a a Wild West duel there. And then if the Manhunter is adjacent to any threats, perform Tombstone. So basically, if you are within three spaces of the Manhunter at the start of his turn, he's going to walk towards you menacingly and uh, give you a Tombstone. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, So like I said, against the level one... This is fairly controllable. You can kind of avoid having people in position uh, because he's only been three steps. But like a lot of Nemesis monsters, um, and he's he's doing two things a turn. and One of them is he's trying a tombstone every turn. Uh, of course, once you get to the level two Manhunter, you don't have the short stride anymore. You have the full stride, which uh, pretty much does what you'd expect
0: it to do. Uh, So the full stride in comparison is going to be the exact same thing, except uh, instead of just three spaces, it's going to be the full Manhunter movement. So that's going to scale up as he goes higher level as well.
1: Yeah, seven, eight, or nine, depending on the level. So there isn't any getting away from those tombstones when he's up to, uh, well, even at level two, you tend to get tombstoned every single turn and have to deal with it. Unless you just use a bow and run away a lot. He, well, you need quite a long-range bow.
0: That's routine I mean, for the win.
1: Yeah, but if you think about it, he is going to move um, seven spaces for the uh, full stride, and then he's got his card as well, he's a, his um, action card, which quite often will have him moving another seven. So quite difficult to do with someone who potentially can move 14 squares a turn. Yeah. Uh, that is the traits, and that's one of the neat things I like about the Manhunter is Design-wise, he's fairly consistent. He doesn't get additional traits. Um, he just gets more actions, and he gets more hit location cards instead, which is very cool. All right, so ready to start getting into the basic cards? Absolutely, with all them lovely pieces of artwork on them. All right, so first
2: up, we have Precision Cut. It's pick target for the strut and field of view. Next up, plus to Surviving Field of Range, no target and patience. The hunter brandishes its sword and narrows its eyes. It's a three-speed... It's moving attack three speed two plus accuracy one damage and after damage is a bleed one.
1: Yeah. So this is obviously him using the sword that he has he carries on the back of the model. Um, and uh, it's well, it's kind of a, a pretty standard attack, but it is damn scary due to the fact it has three speed. Yeah, and, three, three
2: base speed. That's not even like higher levels. That's four, five speed.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can be rolling five dice to attack with this, and at, at level four, that's five dice, dealing 3 damage apiece.
0: You know. Well, three speed at a, a fairly good accuracy too. Two plus on a three speed attack is yeah. that's, that can be pretty nasty. Yeah, Yeah.
2: But I like how the the manhunter has a bunch of gear on him that he attacks with. He does.
1: He does. You get a good feeling of a a, a guy who fights with a lot of different weaponry and is very skilled in using it. So next up is uh, listen up.
2: Closest non-death threat field of view. Closest survivor field of view. No target. Uh, impatient. Move and attack target. It's a two-speed, two-plus accuracy, two damage. And then after damage, the manhunter boxes your ears. If the target isn't already deaf, they suffer the deaths of your head injury.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is this this was just pure wrestling. This one, you know, listen up. It's already got that whole kind of like flavor. You can imagine you can can imagine him even barking it out at them. As he swings, two speed, nicely uh, designed there in the you know obviously two hands. This is very reminiscent of the old way of um, ear clapping people uh, that used to be uh, popular in pugilism fighting, where you know, and still is a very effective way to deal with someone is effectively slamming your uh, your hands onto someone's ear from either side. Uh, and one of the things you'll notice that's quite common with um, manhunter stuff is there's a lot of things that kind of deal severe injuries. Um, bypassing the usual injury rolls, uh, sorry, the usual light and heavy injury levels, and getting straight to dealing some kind of severe injury, and this is this is one of them. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this except it's a it's a two-speed, two damage attack. It's pretty damn scary. I like how he he like yells, "Listen
2: up!" and then looks for the ones that actually hear him before he picks who he's going to do it. To yes, like now you heard <laughs> me. You're not going to be able to hear me anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's got, it does sound like he shouts, listen up, and looks for the ones who react to it, and then picks one of them to hit.
2: Yeah. So. All right, up next we have Running Charge. This is furthest threat in field of view. So his target is kind of all over the place. Sometimes closest, it sometimes is. furthest. Um, and then no target uh, impatience. He's going to move twice and attack. So he's really running. Two speed, two plus accuracy, two damage. And then after damage is bashed, he's knocked out. So he just runs right into you.
1: Yeah, this is another one straight out of the pages of wrestling. Yeah, just smack him down. Yeah, this one because it's field of view targeting, it does at least allow you to hide behind the pillars to avoid.
2: Yeah, but like he's running what twelve spaces? At least twelve spaces. At least twelve spaces, and that's after he did a short stride. So yeah, fifteen spaces. That's you're getting hit.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. If if he's if he's managed to target you, you're getting hit unless you're very far away somehow. And considering you start the showdown within four spaces of him, kind of tough to be that far away. All right. oh, yeah, it's worth noting, actually, we didn't talk about this before. Um, the Manhunter actually gets to go first in this showdown fight. Unlike a lot of showdowns against Nemesis monsters, he's actually catches the survivors by surprise. So
0: it's almost Nem- like he laid a trap.
1: Ooh.
2: All right. Next up is Pistol Whip. So close to Survivor in field of view. Uh, it's moving attack, one speed, two plus actually, one damage. But uh, it always, it's, it's a head under hit. So he's uh, smacking yeah. the outside the head with his pistol. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, this one's a bit reminiscent of the white lion one, obviously. And actually, uh, obviously, he's smacking him with the, but the pistol, which has a lion head on it. So, you know, I feel, whether it's intentional or not, I feel like there's a nice set of kind of linked uh, references there. You know, he's hitting them with a... With the head of a pistol, which has a head on it, and it's headhunting, effectively biting them with the head of the, the pistol butt. So it's pretty cool. Um, although, stat-wise, this is like one of the less threatening attacks, because one speed attack, one damage. Even though it always hits the head, generally this is the kind of thing you can deal with and dodge and manage fairly well. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Next up, yeah. there's two of these cards. It's crack Crackshot,
2: uh, so it's random threat. Field of view, so he's just going to pick someone randomly. Um, if no target impatience, then he's going to perform gun action. So this is where he starts shooting people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, we've already. Yeah, go
2: cool. on. I was going to. The next card is a Running Gun, which is the same thing. Uh, yeah. But he's going to. It's closest threat at random and full move the Mindhunter through the target, then turn to face the target. So he's going to collide with them and then he's going to do gun action and the attack gets plus one speed. So it's even nastier. Yeah.
1: It is. This, this is pretty nasty. It's worth uh, sort of noting that with um, both of these, you do actually get a flow step where you can try and do some things before he starts gun actioning. Um, generally, setting a block is about the best thing you can do via a surge, given that you're doomed once the gun action starts happening.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's all the attack cards, uh, basic attack cards. Uh, next up, we have the uh, one intimidate card. Uh, yep. So, murderous gaze. Further threat facing field of view. For the threat field of view, no target impatience. patience. The manor looks at you menacingly, murderously, intensive intent invades your mind, and you drop to your knees in pain. Turn to Manhunter to face target. Intimidate target, roll 1d10, and add your understanding. If the result is less than 10, you're knocked down. Suffer uh, monster-level brain damage, and suffer 3 damage to monster-level hit locations.
1: That's <laughs> a heck of a gaze. I mean... This is definitely one of the scarier intimidate actions. Um, Although, as time passes, if you're sending in your best survivors, it becomes less and less threatening.
2: Yeah, once you have understanding this stuff, it's not too big of a deal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh no, he's staring at me murderously again. Uh, Whatever.
2: I understand that stare. It's it's a little creepy. Can you stop it, please?
1: I, I know why he stares at me this way. It's okay, Manhunter. I understand your loss and misery.
2: Yeah. All right. Then the last basic card is a mood card. You've already lost mood when this comes to play. Draw an A card. While this is in place, survivor suffer minus one to all severe injury rolls. This this ugh, discard this when a survivor dies.
1: Yay! Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a this one feels a bit reminiscent of enraged in some way. It's different to enraged, but it's got that kind of. Um, feeling of the wild lines in rage where it's sort of oh dear he's become more dangerous until somebody dies yes lovely and as you'll find out when we look at the hit locations the manhunter is rather good at dealing severe injuries rather good indeed
0: yeah i think it's rather interesting that this one directly affects the severe injury roles instead of doing extra damage or extra uh you know accuracy or extra speed or something like that
2: yeah and, and chat's asking, what happens if you roll a one and that becomes a zero? Does anything happen? I think, I think it's still a one. Um, it's,
0: interesting. It's, a one. It's, it's interesting. I'd imagine it's still a one, but uh, there is like the other effects where you can technically roll above a ten on the brain trauma table. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But let's face it. This is this is almost certainly a one. Is a one.
0: It's kingdom death. It's not going to be beneficial.
1: <laughs> if you get a if you get a zero, everyone dies.
0: All right, ready to get into his advanced cards. Yep.
2: Matt, you want to take this one?
0: Sure thing, uh, as soon as it pops up into the screen for me there. So uh, first advanced card there is close line, and that is pick target, the furthest threat facing in field of view. Uh, next up is just furthest threat in field of view, so it eliminates the facing. And then uh, no target impatience, so he'll fire his gun into the air. So you got a flow there and then move and attack. So it's a two-speed, three-plus accuracy, two-damage with an after-damage effect of uh, grab. So if we'll move the Manhunter forward, target suffers grab. So very, very similar to what the White Lion does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm holding the theme of wrestling with the clothesline, but as you said, also uh, holding the theme of White Lion kind of with a grab. It's a... Uh kind of a nasty attack this one when you actually break it down and think about it because obviously that's two speed each of which are doing two damage a piece and then you're taking another monster level damage to a random hit location so it's uh it's pretty bad definitely one of those moves that when you see happens does uh bring a smile to people's faces at least those
0: who have not been attacked by it all right so next up we have disappointment Uh, So pick target threat with the most survival minimum of one. Uh, So it's not going to pick anyone if it uh, it's going to do a no target. If no one has any survival, then then he, uh, he speaks to you holding back. Disgusting. Keep in your heart. You know that you're a disappointment to your entire settlement. So Mm. he pulls some, uh, some guilt on you there, some motherly guilt, and then uh, gives you a flow step to think about what you do and see if you want to run away. And then he's going to move and attack the target. Uh, The damage of this attack is equal to the target's current survival plus one. So that, if you have uh, some high max survival settlement, and it's later in the game, and you are being cautious with your survival, then this could be really, really awful for you. Yep. And this can do three speed, two plus accuracy, and again, survival plus one damage.
2: So a minimum of two, most likely.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Though, if you had one and you target you, and then you spent your one survival, it, would, it wouldn't be as bad, but, but that, that's something you could yeah. do.
1: I do want to say, I find layout-wise, um, this card perplexes me a little, because the move and attack target isn't large the way it normally is. And, I mean, the text below, the damage text could have been um, below the, the, the box. It feels a little untidy, like the layout wasn't quite finished right. I mean, I love the card, but... You know, you know what I mean. If you look at any of the other um, move and attack target texts,
0: yeah, it's, it's it's not bold and larger text like the other ones are. So that is a little interesting. It took me a second when I was looking at the card because it looks different. Yeah. All right. So what's the next advanced card that we're going to show off there, Josh?
2: Next up is Dirty Fighting. Full move to the closest survivor in the monster's field of view. If there are none, perform Impatience. Archive all destructible terrain tiles in the Slam Zone, which is. Three spaces around him in all directions. Um, yep. Then one at a time, attack all survivors in the slam zone. This attack gains plus one speed for each terrain tile archived by this card. So if this is the very first card he
1: pulls. That's I was nasty. just going to say, uh, the very first time we fought Manhunter, the first card he drew before we could react was Dirty Fighting. Um, and uh, one of my friends had put himself... Directly in front of the manhunter at the deployment start, so he destroyed every single uh, pillar and killed everyone except for my survivor. And we called the campaign there a loss, and that's the actually the only time I've ever lost to the manhunter. Um, was the very first time we encountered him, but it was uh, it was highly amusing. Like <laughs> that was that was like Lantern year, uh, was it five? And we just went okay. Uh, well, we'll start again, shall we? Because uh,
0: we're done. That's funny. I can't imagine that actually happening. the uh, The amount of salt that would be flowing from me would be, uh, you know, a little much. <laughs> you could
1: dash
2: out of this though, right? Because he also moves before, and then you could dash away from him after he moves.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you absolutely can. There's, there's things to be done to sort of uh, uh, avoid this and everything like but that. But the
2: interesting thing is, he moves before the flow step, and then you can move away from him. Yeah, it's not. It's typically you. He'll move after he targets. And you're stuck wherever you go.
1: I was the only person to dash away. We did have paint, and, and but it's very easily in the lantern Year Five. you might not even have paint. But yeah, I was the only one to dash away. Nobody else wanted to, and, and then they realized what was happening, and um, their corpses were flying everywhere. It was a, a lot of damage. Matt, you want to take a wean cowards?
0: Wean cowards, your thoughts are no longer alone. Uh, you hear the Manhunter's challenge echo within your mind. All survivors stand and full move towards the Manhunter. Then each survivor not adjacent to the Manhunter is knocked down and suffers monster-level brain damage. You have a flow step and then turn to face the most adjacent threats and then tombstone. So he is basically doing a sirens call here and uh, calling you all in closer, and then he beats the ever-loving crap out of
1: you. Well, you know, you're not a good heal if you can't call the faces to come in and take a beating. Interesting thing here is this is not an intimidate action.
2: Yeah. All right. So the next four are all um, gun
0: action cards in some sorts. Hmm. So first up there we have take them all down. So take them all down. The Manhunter cracks its knuckles. The battleground falls silent. So you know it's about to go down. So we have a, a flow step there. Then pick target all threats in the field of view no target impatience. All survivors are doomed to perform a gun action against each target, one at a time. So he's going to go Dirty Harry right here and shoot at everyone unless you are out of the field of view.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do get that flow step um, to get yourself behind a pillar, so you're out of his field of view, uh, but if he's trashed the pillars for whatever reason, then you know, you could be in for a rough time, especially in the higher levels where he's i've got a lot higher speed when shooting yeah he's nasty with his gun oh yeah
0: so then endless barrage so this is going to be pick target random threat in field of view no target impatience uh flow step full move the monster towards the target then another flow step and perform gun action this attack gains plus two speed accuracy and after damage for each hit, make an additional attack roll and continue to roll until all attack rolls miss
1: does this remind you of any particular attack from another um another nemesis monster attack city <laughs>
0: yes yeah it's it's gun city
1: gun city yeah
0: this is this is mean at least it's minus two accuracy but still that's that's pretty mean
1: yeah it's wonderful
0: but again this has that uh movement. Uh, in between flow steps, there, so it allows you to kind of reposition yourself a little bit better. Yeah. The hide behind something. Then we have piercing blow. So that's the furthest threat not in field of view. So that's interesting that he's going to go after the hiding folks, then just the sense. furthest threat. Yep. And then, uh, it's got a flow, and then archive all terrain blocking line of sight to the target. Perform gun action. This attack gains plus two damage. So he's popping in some armor-piercing rounds here, and he is shooting through your cover and making you have a really bad day.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, this is like part of the whole uh, amount that the pillars just get destroyed so quickly at fighting the manhunter. If you're trying to use them for cover at all, and um, it's a, uh, it's a really great action and it's uh, often quite a lot of fun to see this one hit somebody who's been sneaking around using the cover and playing it a bit too safe. So it's it's great, and it? It's kind of, I feel, adds a lot more character to the Manhunter to know that he's not just, like, wild with his pistol, he's actually a crack shot with it. And, um, I mean, <laughs> destroying terrain.
0: What? And you can't uh, predict exactly what he's going to go for. He changes up the strategy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the next step, we have point blank. So that is the closest threat in field of view, then the closest survivor, uh, and no target impatience. So you have a flow step, and then full move the monster towards the target. Another flow step, perform gun action if the Manhunter is adjacent to the target. This attack gains plus two speed, plus two damage. This is is bad.
1: Yep, yep. This is uh, definitely... Well, he's got a lot of very bad actions, but this one's particularly bad given that uh, that is... um... Well, that's a lot of uh, hits coming your way, and you're doomed. You know that is at level one. That's three speed, accuracy two plus damage four with doomed.
0: <laughs> totally survivable.
1: Oh yeah, it's survivable. I mean, if you're wearing raw height and you don't, and all the hits hit different locations, then yeah, you should be okay. Knocked down, heavily injured in three, four locations, but uh, you know, survivable. All right. So that was the
2: last of last. the. Advanced cards, we're going to go into legendary cards now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the first legendary card we're going to show off is Never Take Me Alive. So pick threat, the closest threat, or pick target rather, the closest threat facing in field of view. uh, Then the closest threat in field of view, so it eliminates the facing. And then impatience, the Manhunter grimaces at its wounds. Let's see how it looks on you. So he's going to get his revenge here. So he's going to have a flow step. And move and attack target. The speed of this attack is equal to the number of AI cards in the Manhunter's wound stack plus one. Okay, so the more injured he is, the more he's going to attack you here. So again, it is number of cards in the wound stack plus one for the speed, uh, four plus accuracy, and two damage. Shuffle the AI deck and discard pile, then put this card on the bottom of the deck. So... That's the nice thing. There is that uh, you don't have to worry about this card coming up again uh, if you get it, you know, with a couple cards left in the AI deck, so you know exactly where it's going to be.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you've got to remember that this is potentially if because it's shoving itself to the bottom of the deck. If uh, if you get through the deck and you hit that, and it's like the last AI card left alive, well, the level four manhunter has um, a total of. 18 AI cards, so that could be 17 plus 1, 18 speed. You've really got to keep an eye on this. If you know he's got Never Take Me Alive in the deck, you you cannot go letting it trigger. You've got to... Well, Rawhide Manipulation is the only way to deal with it, it once it's on the bottom of the deck um, to make sure it's removed as a wound, really. It's,
0: yeah, absolutely. That's This is a nasty card. It's a, it's, a it's a good legendary card.
1: It's a great legendary card, and it's wonderfully thematic. Uh, everything
0: is it's great so then next up you're already dead so we we've had you've had you've already lost now you're already dead so if none of the survivors have bleeding tokens do not perform this card instead perform a basic action the survivors were poisoned
1: matt matt i'm sorry it's it's not you're already dead it's omewamo shindaru to quote it correctly this is a fist of the north star reference
0: I, I am not familiar.
1: <laughs> okay well we're going I I'm going to interrupt you a bit here just so so people uh, know about this this is a this is a a meme that's uh, taken like taken off quite a lot recently but uh, uh, basically it is a catchphrase from Fist of the North Star with um it has uh Kenshiro pointed at the viewer uh, and generally he's pointing at somebody he's just punched they're, they're standing there they're okay they're fine and he say, you know he says you're already dead. Um and uh, a few moments later they explode in a shower of gore and bits and pieces so that's a, a cracking uh, reference that I did chuckle yeah fist of the North star Um. anyway uh, sorry I did want to just uh, cut in just to say like you read the title wrong man and now carry on
0: that makes sense though I, I didn't get it I'm sorry you should uh,
1: apologize to Zenith not me
0: sorry Zenith All right, so the survivors were poisoned. You have a flow step there, and the survivor with the most bleeding tokens removes all bleeding tokens, then suffers that many severe injuries. If two or more survivors are tied for the most bleeding tokens, they all suffer the effect. So, uh, yeah, this is just a way for you to, well, you get rid of your bleeding tokens, but then you're just going to get the ever-loving crap uh, beat out of you by the severe injuries. So more than likely, this will end up in death if you have a couple of bleeding tokens on you.
1: Yeah, yeah. This one is, I think, less dangerous overall than the previous, You'll Never uh, never Take Me Alive, but it is really cool. And it was like, I had a good chuckle when this uh, first came up, and one of my my friends who's a big anime fan did, like, immediately spout out the line in Japanese and uh, have a good laugh. I mean, it's a long time since I've seen Fist of the North Star, (laughs) but uh, it was great to see this, and I love the mechanics on it. These things, these two legendary actions are both why the man enter is so cool, along with his hit location deck.
2: Alright, so that's the end of the uh, AI deck. Yeah.
1: So, into the hit location deck? Absolutely. Anywhere in particular you want to start? or? Well, we should almost certainly leave the um, uh, the cards that are added in and removed uh, till later, so perhaps we should start with maybe the first strike location. Uh, and then move on to the impervious one and then just uh, go from there. Leave the death blow and the trap till the end along with the um, other specific ones. All right. I got them in
2: order. All right. So first up is Gritty uh, Vistage. It's the first strike. It's got a reflex, which is full move of the Manhunter towards the attacker. Then if adjacent, attacker suffers a severe injury with plus one to the result. Um, critical wound gain three survival. Uh, If the attacker has a prey disorder, they scream in defiance of their predator. They lose the disorder and the monster suffers an additional wound. That's an interesting kind of combination there.
1: Yeah, it's quite sort of rare to actually have a survivor with a prey disorder, but it's worth remembering that you can bring them along to try and get rid of this disorder. I believe prey disorder comes in the Manhunter expansion. Yeah. Um, On the whole, the big thing to note about this is you have to hit this location first. He's going to reflex through you, knock you down, and then, uh, uh, oh, sorry, towards you, sorry, full move towards you, and then if he ends up adjacent, he's going to hit you with a severe injury with plus one. And it could be like minus one, uh, you know, a total of zero. If he's if he's got his mood, you've already lost out as well. Um, now, where, what you want to know is you have to roll the hit location dice and get hit in a random location. So plus one to result, isn't too bad unless you get hit in the head, in which case you still die on a 1, 2, or a 3, because the head is like a super bad location to get hit. Um, this immediately goes into one of the my first recommendations, which is the Manhunter is very reaction based, as you'll see as we go further in, so things that cancel reactions are very effective against him. Um, in particular, the, the great, the Qatar. And knockdown, which is um, a, a grand weapons, and uh, the pulse lantern, like the, the level one and level two manhunter. Um, and le- before in, uh, Indomitable came along in one point five, the level three and four, we used to beat the heck out of him by dropping the pulse lantern on him, and everyone just literally jumping on him and <laughs> dogpiling him, like 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 a royal rumble where everyone turns on the one guy at once. So yeah. It's a good start. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. And, um, I mean, this is what you get for punching him in the face.
2: So, next up is the uh, Hunter's Hat. It's the only yep. impervious location. So, this is a reflex full we'll move of the manhunter towards the attacker and turn to the face. If adjacent, there's a knee between your legs. Attacker suffers a severe waist injury and plus one to the result. Like yep. Critical wounds. Dist- you get his hat. Blow. And <laughs> one leather strange resource.
1: Yes. So,. Uh, I mean, if you hit his hat and you don't knock it off, then you better better watch out for those destroyed genitals. Um, this is the only way to get the Manhunter's hat, uh, which we will talk about when we discuss the gear. And once you've knocked his hat off, uh, this gets archived. So you've got four fights in which to try and crit this location and get his hat. Um, I, like, I do like the fact that you can knock it off. Take it for yourself. What do you think the leather is? Maybe he's hiding some stuff in his hat. That's what I was wondering. Like, does he does he have a little leather cap on underneath his hat, or maybe like he has a leather handkerchief that he keeps tucked in there? He's wearing a, a leather, leather
0: yarmulke. Uh, I was <laughs> gonna say a leather skull cap, but okay, the manhunter is Jewish. He's wearing a leather yarmulke. <laughs> oh dear. Matt, you want to grab the next card? Sure. So this is the. I know you only gave this to me because you don't know. You don't want to say it. It's the ossified knee guards. So this is a super dense location, uh, and the failure reaction here is full move through the attacker. All survivors passed over suffer grab. So you're going to take monster-level damage to a random hit location and wind up knocked down in front of the monster. And this has a crit, and the crit is roll a d10 and add your strength. If the result is 6+, plus, the Manhunter is knocked down. So that should be relatively easy for you to do.
1: Mm. Yep, of course. You know, it's not too bad. Um, This one is worth sort of looking at again and saying, hey, it's another one similar to the White Lion, in that you hit him, you fail, he moves forward, and he performs a grab action. But the difference between the Manhunter and the White Lion is the Manhunter will just move forward. Here, as you can see, it says full move through the attacker. So if you're shooting from range, he's going to come at you and try and move through you. If you're adjacent to him, he's going to turn and go through you and grab you and slam you to the ground. So it's... uh, Again, like a, I like this, that the Manhunter has this additional theme of having some ties to the White Lion. Yeah, and
2: I'm not sure Matt mentioned this is also a super dense location. He has two of these, two super dense yep. locations.
1: Yeah, yeah. this one, obviously, when you look at the model, you can see them quite clearly on, on it. Um, I think they are skull kneecaps, if I remember correctly. I don't have the model with me right now. I do actually have one in a drawer
0: somewhere. So one of the notable things about the Manhunter is he has the most ridiculous 12-pack that you could possibly have. So this next hit location is reminiscent of that. It's his rippling abs. And I love that this is a super-dense location.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, So this has a reflex on here, reflex reaction. That's if the attacker is adjacent, they may spend monster-level survival. If they don't, they suffer a severe foot injury with a plus-one to the result. And then this has a critical location. Something falls from a pouch, gain one skull basic resource. So this is like if you don't spend the survival, he steps on your toes. Yep. <laughs> Which again is reminiscent of some like dirty wrestling moves, so that's really funny. But I I just thematically I think it's really funny that his rippling abs is the super dense location. Well if
1: you think about like the picture of this is like somebody hits him in the abs and like he just kind of looks down at them and then lashes out with a foot, maybe breaking their leg or uh, uh, you know, dislocating their their hip or something. It's, uh, it's, it's a very really, cool. It's very it's thematic.
0: Really angry shin kick. Mm-hmm. So then he's got the calloused elbow. So if you hit with a whip, gain plus three strength when attempting to wound this location. So yay whips, I guess. You'll see a few of these. He does have a minor weakness to whips. Uh, So then this has a wound reaction, and that's if the attacker is adjacent, they may spend monster-level survival. If they don't, they suffer a severe head injury with plus three to the result. So you'll only die on a one there as well. Uh, And then this has a crit location. So you hit the Manhunter in the Funny Bone, draw another hit location, and attempt to wound it as normal.
1: Yeah, so bad. Um so, what do we think, lore-wise, is the reason that he has this whip weakness? And it occurs on several cards, I think three of them?
0: Yeah, yeah I got three cards here. Uh- it's funny, I'm getting like a really strong Lion Tamer vibe from him, just because he shares so much uh, traits with the White Lion, and then there's stuff that involves the whip as well.
2: His nemesis yeah. is Indiana Jones, and he doesn't like his
0: gun taken from his hand. Oh, well, he, of course he has some problems with losing the hat, yeah. Oh, that's true. Indiana Jones, right there.
1: Yeah, difficulties with the the whip, of course, and tendency to use a gun versus people who are waving swords around. I mean, you could uh, let's face it, the uh, manhunter is the ultimate genre spanner, um, uh, as in he spans across multiple genres and he's a spanner. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's obviously touching into wrestling. He's touching into witch hunters with the hat, the bounty hunters of the Wild West, cowboys with the spurs. You know the uh, and and now we can see here as well. He's got a little bit of an Indiana Jones kind of theme. But I was wondering if his weakness to whips suggests maybe like because there's a, there's a strong slavery theme to this. Sorry, lottery theme. I'm wondering if they're like these guys are um, are whipped initially because they're huge, they're massive, they're not really humanoid, which is why I'm of the opinion that they come from the um, the Holy Lands. Is where I think.
0: So maybe these are servants that were forced to do someone's bidding and they are, you know, the slaves, in effect, getting sent to go and kill these survivors?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at um when you physically look at the Manhunter uh, model, he's obviously quite sort of patchy and deformed and scarred himself and huge, you know, very, like, he still remains bigger than Joe the Survivor. And, you know, Joe's huge, old Joe. Um so I don't know. I, I I would postulate that maybe these guys are um, are bred in the Holy Lands and sent out to collect more um, tribute to take back for the various um, different scientific, in quotes, projects that the Holy Lands undertakes in forms of um, human genetic. Well, sorry, monster genetic creating because as we do know all all survivors are monsters in this game they're not actually humans um
2: i was thinking of the ammo slave i thought it was with them but the ammo slaves are with the great game hunters i believe um yeah so i wonder if the great game hunters kind of use the manhunter as a a slave or something with
1: that that might be interesting yeah that's 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 where the question is about whether the manhunter comes from the holy lands where the white lion theme seems to suggest very strongly, because the white lions are from the Holy Lands, and if you look at the Holy Land stuff, they all have very a lot of what a lion-based thematic stuff going on. Or if he comes from the Great City and is used to bring in slaves for the Great City, but the ammo slave in the Great City is a fallen noble, so we don't know what the situation is with regards to if the Great City does external slavery or if it's just punishment for failure internally. But who knows? It's it's interesting to kind of discuss a bit and go on to the law that you can kind of get there, just from the fact that you've got a character who's weak to whips.
0: You know, whip. The cool whip. Cool whip. So <laughs> right. next up, we've got the uh, the gritty boot. And the Gritty Boot is another one that's got the whip weakness. So it's a plus three strength when attempting to win that location with a whip. Uh, and then it's got a failure reaction. So full move the Manhunter onto the space occupied by the attacker. And uh, if you crit this location, the Manhunter kicks you right back. Perform a basic action targeting the attacker. So we've got a negative reaction for the crit there.
1: I I, uh, I think Xenath has had to go now, but I wish he was still here because, yeah, yeah, he has had to go. Well... Just, if the next time you speak to him, tell him from me, we need more critical hit locations like this. This is brilliant. There needs to be some monsters that punish people for critting, because critting is such a, like a common and widespread strategy that, uh, I mean, I love that we got a monster who, at least in one location, does something bad when you crit him. That's what you get for stabbing his boot. Can I get the boots clean.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's really mad you scuffed his shoe. Uh, So next up, we've got offhand. So if you hit with a whip, this is another plus three strength when attempting to wound this location. And the reflex here is full move the Manhunter onto the space occupied by the attacker. So the first half of the card is identical to the last one. Uh, but then we have a critical here, is you hear a bone crack. Cancel all reactions until the end of the round. So in this one, you you slap his wrist and you cancel his reactions.
1: Which is huge. As we see in like, the Manhunter, has some very nasty reactions. You know, this is one of those locations. If you draw this, amongst all the other things, this is the one you're going to be rolling for first because you you know, you know really want that crit. But if you mess up and you don't crit, he's going to end the rest of your attack if he's close to you. So. It's a nice little kind of, like, risk-reward, which you got to think about. Like, it could be instead, oh, well, I'll leave this one till last, or I'll put the ones with the nasty reactions that I don't want to deal with behind it. So uh, if I crit, then they get cancelled. If I fail to crit and I wound him, then, or, you know, fail to crit regardless of whether I wound him or not, he's going to walk on me and cancel the rest of the a- reactions, which I like.
0: All right, so going back to his buffness, we've got the Corded Neck, and this is a reflex reaction. And if the attacker is within four spaces, full move until adjacent, then turn to face and perform Tombstone. So as a reflex, he's going to Tombstone you right back. uh, And if you crit him here, you strike a tender spot. It can be hurt. Gain plus three survival and plus three insanity. And then you know deep down in your heart how tender he really is. (laughs) I may have added that last bit for more flavor there.
1: Well, I mean, if your survivors are busy writing fan fiction about themselves and the um, Manhunter, then that's their choice, you know.
0: Erotic erotic fan fiction.
1: Slash fiction,
0: yeah. All right, so next up, the exposed forearm. So this is a failure reaction. If the attacker is within four spaces, full move towards uh, until adjacent, and then turn to face and perform Tombstone. So again, another Tombstone reaction there. And then crit. Location is you poke a nerve, forcing the Manhunter's arm to relax for a moment. You know that you can do this again. Gain a plus one luck token. Yeah. I mean, anything that gives you additional luck, especially on a crit, is very nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, again, this is interesting because, like, it sort of suggests the Manhunter in some ways constructed. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's unusual that... uh, you can get num- a numbness in an arm from um, from catching it incorrectly. Everyone knows what it's like to catch a funny bone wrong. Um, but uh, like it, it, it does feel like a very odd little detail of forcing the, the Manhunter's arm to relax for a moment. So,
0: who knows? Kind of an unnatural biological response there. Yeah. Unusual. An odd little detail. So then we've had the gritty boots, now we move to the gritty belt. Uh, so this is a wound reaction you knock something out of one of the Manhunter's many pouches gain one red vial strange resource, and if you crit, you catch something dark and beautiful gain one crimson vial strange resource, so I'm assuming we're going to talk about the vials uh, a little bit later on,
1: Uh, Most likely in the next episode because they are sort of part of the whole um, linking thing to uh, uh, discuss um, that they tie into the innovation that um, and we can uh, speculate on what's in them but I'm pretty sure everyone knows
0: uh, Fruit Punch
1: <laughs>
0: The Manhunter really loves Kool-Aid so he's uh, he's just maybe got a couple of miles up on his belt Oh, maybe he's the Kool-Aid man he's just breaking through the, uh, the barriers and shooting people uh, At this point now, the Manhunter doesn't seem to hold
1: on identity so much as he's just a collection of tropes and cliches He's just a bag of memes Bag of memes. Yeah, that's that's true.
0: Alright, so then he's got the solid shoulder, so this is a reflex reaction. Turn to face... Turn the Manhunter to face the attacker. Roll a d10. If the result is greater than the attacker's insanity, they gain the prey disorder and suffer the flea brain trauma. So... Uh, I forget what Prey is again, but Flea is going to force you to run directly away towards the closest board edge, I believe. Yeah, knock
1: uh, knocks you down. Full move towards the nearest closest board edge, yeah. Prey Disorder is specific to the Manhunter expansion,
0: um, so we'll talk
1: about that when we talk about the disorders.
0: And then the critical here is a Vial of salve tumbles out of an internal pocket. Gain one red Vial, strange resource. So again, we see some of these vials.
2: And that ties in with the other hit location with the prey, so you can get it and then get rid of it in the same yep. fight, maybe. And then you can get it again, yeah. And Chad's saying that uh, Manhunter is the final evolution of Nicolas Cage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I well, don't know
0: what to say to that.
1: I don't know either. I mean, let's just be glad that he doesn't wander around with a honeycomb weaver with him, you know?
0: All right, so then we go to the Manhunter's calloused thigh, and this is a failure reaction, so full move th- through the attacker. All survivors passed over suffer grab, so you're going to get monster-level damage to a random hit location and get knocked down in front of the monster. And then the crit here is the Manhunter stumbles. You may spend two survival to tackle the Manhunter and knock down the monster.
1: So a bit more wrestling there with him grabbing or you tackling him to the ground. I mean, if you look at this, like, if you fail to wound him, then you're going down. If you successfully crit him, then you can knock him down. Although the first time you face him, two survival, you may not have that much Depends on what gear you're wearing. (laughs) Chat got it. (laughs) Uh.
0: So then the hardened torso, back to his sick abs. uh, It's got a wound reaction here. So if the attacker is adjacent, they may spend monster-level survival. If they don't, they suffer a severe body injury with plus two to the result. So you're not going to die from this. You're just going to lose your ability to do a lot of stuff, more than likely. Yeah. Um, if you crit the monster here, the Manhunter coughs up blood. The attacker gains a plus one strength token, and they may spend four survival to treasure this moment forever and gain plus one permanent strength instead. So four survival to make that token a permanent strength. I rather like that this gives you the opportunity to keep it as a temporary if you don't feel like spending your survival or you just don't care about the strength that much, or it allows you to kind of buff your character permanently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's. uh, I I also like that uh, with this, the reaction, if you wound him in the torso, then he's going to try and severe injury you in the torso.
0: Don't touch my belly. (laughs) Thank you for chiming in with that, Josh. All right, so the battle scarred arms. This is a wound reaction, and if the attacker is adjacent, they may spend monster level survival. If they don't, they suffer a severe arm injury with plus two to the result. So again, you won't die. Uh, critical here, the Manhunter drops something gain one red vial strange resource. So we keep seeing the these uh, spend monster level survival or suffer a severe injury to a random body part. And in the most cases, it seems to not be a life-threatening one. But uh, it's not pleasant either way. And again, more vials are being cited here. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, like most of these things, you don't really want to take these severe injuries to the um, the. To- uh, to the locations, if you can avoid them, even with pluses to results, because I mean, let's face it, you can still get dismembered arms, you can still get a destroyed back, there's a whole load of things that can just ruin a character, and uh, we are seeing a lot of, um, basically don't fight him adjacent, use weapons of reach, use weapons of range, if you can, yeah, or yeah, that, use what, reaction castles. Yeah, don't, don't stand right next to him, just stand the space away. Yeah. Spheres, greater gaxes, um, cool bows, not sucky, uncool bows, like the Vespertine one. sorry, guys, it's not cool. we've we been using the uh cat eye, the cat cat bow yeah no I, I know you have yeah I wasn't talking necessarily to you guys, I was just talking in general cool- cool guys walk away from explode. no cool guys use uh, the sun uh, the sun shark bow.
0: I don't know then I felt like that was a little bit of a dig at me that's all I'm at, saying
1: at, at you i Matt, would I take your Vespertine bow away from you?
0: I feel like you definitely would, yes.
1: I, I would not. If it makes you happy, you can use whatever you like, I, just because I won't use one.
0: <laughs> All right. I appreciate it,
1: Ben. Yeah. I I, I mean, personally, I prefer to go um, Catgut into Sunshark, into um, Arkbow, into um, Inkblood Bow, and I love the Inkblood Bow and the Sunshark Bow, but, um, you know, the Vespertine Bow has a place. It's It's genuinely very cool and powerful. Well,
0: uncool and powerful. okay so uh the knotted back plus two toughness to wound this location so he's got a really a, a meaty back there and this has a wound reaction and you knock the wind out of the manhunter cancel the next reaction in this attack And that's just the wound reaction. So the crit reaction here is uh, a vial of salve tumbles out of an internal pocket, gain one red vial strange resource. So we're seeing a handful of them with the red vials, but we've only seen one with the crimson vial.
1: Yep, there's just one place you can get the crimson vial, and that's through that crit on the belt. Yeah. Um, But we also see that he's carrying tons of these vials everywhere, all over the place, which suggests maybe he uses them as as sustenance. It's Red Bull. Gives him wings. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Red Bull gives you steaks.
0: So then we have his grimacing jaw. Another plus two toughness to in this location. So you're not allowed to say that the Manhunter has a glass jaw. No, he does not. So this has a wound reaction, and it's pow, right in the kisser. Uh, cancel the next reaction to this attack so very similar to the last one with the knotted back uh, and then we have the critical wound here is you strike upward and blood pours from an eye the Manhunter gains minus 2 accuracy and plus 1 damage, archive this card so he's going to get the uh, the old boxer effect here, where he's going to start swinging more savagely but he can't see as well
1: yeah, do you, uh, do you guys remember
0: where Powright and the Kisser is from? oh that's the Honeymooners fan yeah,
1: yeah, you know it's a for, for, don't you?
0: No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, uh, here it's at least used in a fun, nice, and harmless manner, um, and it's a nice, cute little reference. I like, as you said, that the, this is like a t- he's got a tough jaw, and uh, the uh, critical wound I love, the blood pulls from an eye, which is like a, another little bit of a resting reference, where the, often they will um, uh, suffer injuries that cause them to, to bleed from around the eye or above the eye and the like, so. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever happy with a minus two accuracy for a plus one damage trade, though. Certainly not um, in the earlier parts uh, of the uh, campaign before you get evasion and blocks set up properly. Um, yeah. Again, it's interesting that this is a critical wound. It can only happen once, so it gets archived. But that it uh, it isn't like an absolute benefit for the survivors to crit this location.
0: Yeah, the plus one damage could be uh, pretty pretty uh, mean.
1: In fact, I think you could argue that it's better to not crit this location if you can and just wound it.
0: All right. So we've got another one of these plus two toughness to wound this location. This is his gun arm. So this is a strong. This is his strong hand. So uh, this guy has a wound reaction of full move. The Manhunter onto the space currently occupied by the attacker. And if you crit here, you break the Manhunter's trigger finger. So this is a persistent injury, ruined pistol hand. So the monster suffers minus two accuracy when performing gun action. So this is a very nice one to crit.
1: Yeah, and it's the only persistent injury that the manhunter can take, unless you count him losing his hat.
0: I mean, I I would be upset if I lost my hat.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to say, apart from this, you know, it's just like uh, it, it's pretty cool. You definitely want to do this because reducing the accuracy on the gun action is huge considering as you've seen how much he guns. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's... I don't know what the reference is as to why he has extra toughness there, though. I mean, this is the arm that he doesn't wear uh, anything on, because he has one uh, one arm he still has a sleeve on, and then the left arm, which is his gun arm, he doesn't.
0: Well, I mean, the gun's so damn heavy that he's lifting it up at you all day that his arm's extra buff, you know?
1: He's saying he's got a swollen gun arm.
0: Yeah. Because he's got... It's totally from holding the gun up and not from extracurricular activities. Yeah. So we're getting into some of these uh, special cards that get added in for the level 3 and 4 Manhunter. Uh, so the first one here, this is added in at the level 3, and this is the stake. Uh, so this is a first strike impervious location, and this is roll a d10 and add your evasion. If the result is less than 8, end your attack, suffer bash, bleed 1, and 4 damage to a random hit location, and archive yeah. this card. That's awful.
1: It is. It is. I mean, luckily, it's based off evasion, of you know, to try and avoid getting um, a hit. So that's something a lot of survivors will be, have a fair amount of by the time we get the stakes turning up in Lantern Year 16, all aboard the Nemesis Train. Choo-choo! Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's horrific. Luckily, it gets archived and it only happens once. Well, there's four of them in the deck, so... There's four of them on the model as well. Yeah. It's, uh... The artwork is particularly brutal.
0: Yeah, I really love the artwork on these uh, hit location cards, and even on some of the AI cards there, too. Yeah. So we've had the four stakes. Uh, I guess you could say that they've never been higher. Uh, but it is now time to go into the the 4-plus Manhunter, or the level 4 Manhunter traps, uh, or cards, rather, and that's the Man Trap. So this is Impervious and another first Strike, and this is going to activate the Death Pit story event, and an archive this card. So I don't have that in front of me. Can someone say what Death Pit is? Oh Well, that's a story
1: event that happens during the um, combat, and we will talk about it in detail when we get to talking about the events, um, which will be next time. Uh, but suffice to say that the Death Pit is a horrible experience for anyone involved in it. It's, like, really unpleasant. Even the best result is nasty which is surprising because it's got such a welcoming name. I know, all in, you know, everyone into the everyone into the death pit.
0: Dilly-dilly. There's like, three of them.
1: Yeah, I I like what this sort of represents, which is that the level 4 manhunter has gone out and has dug a load of tra- uh, traps, you know, pits into the settlement and covered them up and then gone and like engaged the survivors, to try and um, you know catch them. It's uh, uh, it's it's quite sort of funny if you think about it. Like how these are these are seriously engineered. Look at that, look at that image. Like massive spikes. It is as deep as a man is high. It's well, in fact, deeper. It's really wide. Um, it also gives us a very unusual look into the um, like into this plane of stone faces, and we can see that these faces like run deep down. Like they're they're running all the way down to the bottom of the pit. And this is poor chap who's fallen in, and he's dropped his scrap dagger on the floor.
0: It looks like he was making himself a nice uh, strawberry jelly and peanut butter sandwich, and he dropped it on the floor. And uh, he went to go pick it up, and he just slipped, and he's just covered in the strawberry jelly.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what we can tell the kids. Yeah,
0: that's the uh, the G-rated kingdom death. (laughs) Yes, it is.
1: Um, But yeah, like I I like how the um, the manhunter changes, instead of getting more traits, instead he gets these different uh, hit locations that provide like an idea that the more experienced manhunters are prepared more, and they use more weaponry, and they're kind of like, well, faster, and meaner, and nastier.
0: So, uh, There was a third card that gets pulled out of the hit location tech, uh, hit location deck. And it doesn't tell you when to add it in because it's, uh, it gets added in through this card here. So this is the gritty groin. This is one of the hit locations that starts in the deck. And this is, uh, got a wound reaction of the manhunter stumbles in rage, dropping something to the ground. The attacker gains the priority target token and one red vial strange resource. So self-explanatory here. You hit him in the nuts and he gets a little pissed off and drops a red vial. Yeah. Uh, but if you crit him here, you destroy the Manhunter's genitals. So as we've seen, this is never a good thing uh, from the other monsters. No. Uh, and this is place the mangled groin hit location on top of the hit location deck and archive this card. So you're going to add in that one other hit location card that you were instructed to remove, and it goes directly on top of the hit location deck. Yeah. And let- okay. yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, let's see what that card has entailed for us.
1: Yes, so while we, while we swap though effectively you're swapping the Gritty Groin out and getting the Mangled Groin into the deck instead.
0: So the Mangled Groin here has a reflex reaction of the Manhunter tries to protect this tender area and suffers minus one evasion until the end of the round. So that's just, that's a reflex there. And then the crit is gain two Red Vile Strange Resources. Two of them. And then the Manhunter is knocked down. So this is actually a very, very nice hit location card here.
1: Yep. Yeah, if you can manage to combo the hitting the gritty groin into critting the the um, mangled groin, you can put the Manhunter in a very dangerous
2: position. Um, just another note, the top of the card is also inverted color-wise compared to all the other hit locations.
1: Yeah, it is uh, It is different, yeah. It's uh, red um, with pink instead of purple with pink. And he himself is a, a lighter color, more of a sepia rather than greys. Yeah.
0: Alright, so is that all of the hit locations there, Josh?
1: No, there's one left. We've got one more reference, well, two more references to deal with, and here's, here's the first
0: one. Okay, so we've got the Achilles tendon, minus two toughness to wound this location, and this is the death blow card. So if the Manhunter is killed at this location, it falls on its gun, it fires, blowing a hole in the monster's chest, blood sprays everywhere the survivors cheer as the predator dies as their predator dies perhaps they'll finally be safe all survivors gain 5 insanity 1 understanding 1 courage and a random fighting art
1: yeah this is a pretty cool death blow it's um i it's not one of the best death blows but it is certainly you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't scoff at getting this one um obviously this is a reference to uh, achilles from troy uh, and uh well i don't really know what to say what what more to say on this, except it's interesting to note that the survivors cheer as their predator dies, perhaps they'll finally be safe in the all game five insanity, kind of indicating that they're uh, deluding themselves in thinking that um I do did, one thing struck me just with regards to the groin um the manhunter's is pretty unlucky because if you crit him in the gritty groin, then he gets hit in the groin a second time straight afterwards it's like survivors do not fight fair, do they? Well, you would think he, he kind of
2: probably bows in pain and is trying to, like, cover his groin and, like, so I see it as an opportunity.
0: Like, let's exactly. smash
2: it again. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So then finally, this town ain't big enough. Uh, so this is the, uh, the trap card here. So all survivors are doomed. All survivors within two spaces of the Manhunter suffer knockback three directly away from the monster and then perform a gun action targeting the attacker. Yeah. It's really not a horrible trap card. Uh
1: no, it kind of like he smashes everyone back away from him and then shoots someone. Uh if case you didn't know, and I imagine a lot of people aren't aware of this, um the the phrase This Town Ain't Big Enough uh is short for This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. Uh and it's a song from the American pop group Sparks. Uh and uh it was like filled with sort of movie cliches and stuff. Uh, Western ones and everything, movie dialogue but that's uh, generally where um, this talent big enough for the most, both of us comes from uh, along with, if I remember correctly, my westerns the original movie is uh, hang on I, I know this one uh, it's the sorry, I'll have it in a moment uh, god damn it, I know this one Ah, the Western Code. The Western Code. Right, yeah. So this that's where the line originally comes from. And then more recently the Spark song. There we are. We got there in the end. Convoluted. Um but yeah, it's uh as you said, it's pretty straightforward. Um pretty clean. But that gun action I, I well, I find the gun action to be one of the worst things the Manhunter does.
0: Worst as in best or worst as in you don't enjoy the actual action itself.
1: Well the gun action is you know it's bad to be have it been shot at you, um, given that it's connection. Uh, so this is a trap that does get affected by um, block and deflect, and it is something that can get affected by the broken trigger finger and the like. So yeah, it's kind of variable how dangerous this trap is. Yeah.
0: All right, so are we going to be covering anything else this evening? Uh...
1: Believe not. I think that's where we're going to leave it for now. Um, in next time we'll be going into looking at the uh, the events, which include the lottery, which I'm sure we'll have a fair amount of discussion about, Um, all of the things that you can do with the Manhunter's gear, uh, the disorders, the fighting arts, and the innovations, which there's quite a few. Um, And his hat. (laughs) His hat and his vials are different. His crimson and his red vials. Uh, But for the moment, this first half has gone through all of the showdown, and I guess the last thing to sort of look at uh, is just to say the rewards that you get for beating the Manhunter. So, uh, if you're successful, you get a HUD XP, weapon proficiency, and some rewards. If you're defeated, lottery gets added to the uh, next lantern you're on the timetable, and we'll talk about that next time. Um, Reward wise, the first thing that you'll get is the Settlement Watch, which goes on top of the Innovation Deck. You don't get it for free. You just, you're guaranteed to draw it if you're going to innovate that year, which is it's an interesting way of doing it. Not just giving you a free innovation, but um, just sort of saying, well, the settlement is like, we really want to have a a better way of looking after ourselves, but not necessarily are we going to build it. Um, beat the level one and you get the reverberating lantern and the survivor that dealt the killing blow gets the tough fighting art on the 2+, which is amazing. Tough fighting art is really good. Uh, then beat the level two, you get the Hunter's Heart rare gear. And again, on a two plus, the survivor that dealt the killing blow gets the Abyssal Sadist fighting art. We already talked about how good that is. You beat the level three and you get to do the Tools of War, time, uh, Tools of War special event, um, which does result in you getting a piece of gear. And when you beat the level four, you get the Death Pack rare gear. And each survivor can get the fighting art of their choice, which is so good. Like really good. Finally, if you've innovated Saga and you defeat a three a level three or level four manhunter, level three or higher, uh, you roll dice on three plus or returning survivors, lose a disorder of their choice, gain the Toxic disorder and a permanent plus one strength. So like the rewards for beating the manhunter are even you can see here before we talk about the gear, they're really good. They're really, really good. So yeah. Um, I think before we wrap up, uh should we just have a quick sort of thoughts on how you guys find the manhunter and um, and to fight against him, and how you feel about having him in the campaign?
0: Personally, I think that he's a really fun addition. Um, I like thematically, he's pretty awesome, and he's pretty unique mecha- mechanism wise to you know how he plays. Yeah, just um, really cool, interesting thematics. But I don't think we've ever really had a problem beating him. His overall toughness isn't that bad, so he seemed manageable to us. Um, I know you said you only lost to him one time and that was with the complete unluckiness of drawing that one AI card on the first turn. Yeah, first turn, first time we ever faced him. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't believe we've ever faced a level 3 or a level 4 man hunter. Um, we might have faced a level 3 and those those traps are pretty nasty. Um, but overall, I think he's fairly manageable.
1: Yeah. He's certainly quite vulnerable to AI manipulation, um, careful placing, and, um, like, uh, uh, like most monsters, the, um, uh, cat's eye circle as well is particularly effective against him. I, I think it's worth, as soon as we've been through the AI, and I was going to talk about this at the AI time, um, but I forgot to, is to get a rough idea of what the Manhunter's like with targeting, um, throughout his entire deck, He has four cards that target everyone. Three of them are advanced, one's legendary. He has three cards that target at random, two basic one advanced. And then he has five cards that will target the furthest threat and six that target the nearest. Um...
0: So he's kind of all over the place.
1: He is kind of all over the place, and it is very much like rawhide headband is super useful against the manhunter because you don't know how a particular manhunter is going to behave, uh, whether he's going to be one that does a lot of gunning or whether he is going to um, do a lot of like physical attacks. Uh, you certainly if do not want to let a manhunter kick off with dirty fighting um, if you can at all avoid it. Obviously, if he draws it in the first card, tough luck. There's nothing you can do about that, but it is definitely worth avoiding. Uh, um, if you can bury it by moving it to the top of the deck and removing it as a wound, or shoving it further down so he doesn't trigger it too often. Tombstone itself is also... It makes the Manhunter somewhat predictable, I find, because you can easily put your biggest target in front of him and you walk up to it and try and tombstone them, and if they've got a shield, then usually it's not going to be too bad. Which, um, is that how you guys handle the tombstone? I believe so. We just yeah. shield it.
2: I mean, shield, uh, reach weapons, and then good hit location manipulation. So if you're using, like, Wisdom Potion, then you Mm -hmm. can see those really nasty traps and account for them as they come up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like slam the – the Wisdom Potion in particular is fantastic against level 3 and 4 because you can be like, okay, well, the uh, stake is coming, so let's put our survivor with the best evasion to take it. Or bury the card. Or bury it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you do reach a point where you can't keep burying because you've got a trap and four stakes and sometimes even three um, really death pits to deal with. But still, it's uh, um it is, it is like interesting how uh, how how effective you can handle the manhunter if you fight smart against him. I, I definitely feel if you go in just swinging wild against the manhunter, he is going to shred the heck out of your survivors.
0: Yeah. So. As usual, um, slow and steady wins the
1: race. Yeah. Uh, where do you guys rate him overall amongst the various Nemesis monsters? I think he's fun. I think
2: he's different. I think his rewards are a lot nicer than pretty much all the other Nemesis um, in general that we at least talked about. And that yeah. uh, he's a good addition, I think. and I, I, don't, I don't find him like super difficult. We, we, we have not lost against him yet
1: yeah yeah it feels like he adds more content without making the game too much harder he gives you more opportunities to get hunt xp and uh uh level you know um get age up more uh sorry not age up more Gain more weapon proficiency um and, and get access as we'll talk to ne- talk about next time some really cool stuff that does great builds but yeah it's uh for me um uh, he used to be my favourite of the additional expansion nemesis monsters. He's now my second favourite, um, but he's still like I. I will generally stick him into just about any campaign, regardless of what's going on, because I think he adds a lot to the, to the campaign without taking anything away. And I think he's a very good choice for a new player who is looking to uh, uh, to um, add a nemesis to the campaign to the to their next campaign.
0: All right, Josh, is there anything else that you want to add?
1: I think that's everything. Fan? All good? Uh, uh, no, I do have uh, just one thing to add, which um, is that I'm actually, uh, at the start of the next month, doing a raffle giveaway for a painted Manhunter expansion to my Patreons. Regardless of what tier level they're at, I'm going to be giving away a copy of the, um, uh, of the game with the miniature painted by myself the one that I've been using for a while who's been through thick and thin with us and had a few uh, he originally uh, lived on your table actually it's that Manhunter the one that you sent to me in exchange for the painted one uh, he's going to be going to a new home
0: he gets around apparently
1: he does well Manhunter's travel far distances in search of survivors so yeah um, I'm, I'm you know just gonna be doing, doing that this will be a giveaway
0: really awesome That's uh, that's really exciting Uh, So thank you everyone for joining us this evening. Uh, Please make sure that you follow us, uh, Twist Gaming, on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and chat with us in our Discord channel. Fen, you want to go ahead and plug your stuff?
1: Yep, you can catch me um, mainly over on my Patreon and my Instagram uh, or my Twitter, and they are all the respective sites, so like patreon.com forward slash fenpaints, F-E-N-P, I've got how to spell paints. It's late. Fenpaints and doesn't spell
0: very well. P a y n t z, right? No, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, apart from that fluff, yeah. P Fen. It's F e n p a i n t s. There we have Fenpaints, and it's Instagram.com, Paints, Fenpaints, uh, Patreon dot uh, com for Fenpaints, and the same with the Twitter. I, I, I do have a Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv dot tv forward slash Stephen. Tiffin, to be precise s-t-y-f-e-m um i've heard people pronounce it in a whole of different ways but Tiffin is the correct way uh but i don't uh, stream very often at the moment I, I just don't have the time with all the patreon stuff i'm doing still uh right well that, that's it thanks for listening
0: Alright, and so really quick, we are doing a sub drive right now, so guys, please subscribe. Twitch has 20% off of subs uh, all this month. Uh, Amazon Prime nets you one free sub every month, and we are currently about 19 subs away from doing our first major giveaway, which is a uh, one-of-a-kind 3D-printed Halloween white speaker signed by Adam Poots, and we've got a bunch of other major giveaways at all of the uh, 100 sub tiers. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you all for joining us, and please join us on all of our future streams coming up. Uh, later on tonight, we've got a special event that we're going to do a promo video for as we sign off. Uh, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we have our spotlight session of Red Dragon in Six Villains by Slugfest Games. And then we've got our continuation of Twitch Plays Kingdom Death uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on both Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, but with that, thank you all for joining us this evening. This is going to be Twist Gaming signing off. Uh, pleasure seeing you all again. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And I'm Finn. Good night, roll that. Roll that beautiful bean footage, Josh.